Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in. Hey everybody, it's Spencer, and uh, Blake's here too, I guess. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so uh, how's everybody doing out there? Uh, is it is it good out in your world? <laughs> Spencer, I think, uh, I think you might be confused about the format and how this works as far as <laughs> the listeners and their interactions with us. No, we're getting calls in right now. They're coming. <laughs> I swear. We're spinning for you live tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Blake and Spencer get jumped after dark. <laughs> uh, so I am I'm currently looking through some some stuff to see what I wanted to give away. Because I, I feel like with us doing the special episode and some other stuff, I I feel like we've gone enough time that I should give something new away instead of there. I'm also yeah. really excited to send out everything at the beginning of next month. Um, if you're, Love if you're wondering to the post office, just cannot get enough. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a really, it's a really fun time going to the post office to do this. Um, mostly because it's a two trip situation where I go and pick up all of the packages that I'm going to be stuffing. And then I, I stuff all of said packages and send them out to all the various peoples, both the people that are part of the Patreon stuff, as well as, uh, sending out the stuff to, you know, it's, the, it's funny the winners because, of contests. Yeah, this started as a joke about how going to the post office is not fun. But, you know, actually putting putting presents in boxes for people is fun. So uh, that's cool. I am envious of that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll do this one. I'm looking through I'm looking through cool things um to send out to people and i think i'm, I'm really glad do... that we're doing this while we're recording too yeah i mean it's, it's after. listening to random little little sounds where it's it's a little bit like things are are moving around inside of here this well, is a you know, cool one uh speaking of things that we didn't talk about before the show and uh, uh i would like to talk about something non-anime this week do you concur to these terms <laughs> Uh, sure, but first, I'm going to tell people uh, what they can win this week, because I, I figured yes. it out, and it's really cool, and I forgot and I gotten this as one of our things with the Geekly Grind. Uh, again, they are the wonderful people that uh, both help furnish your Patreon love boxes. Uh, not that's kind of love box. I said the wrong thing. Weird. Anyways, um, but they also help us do these giveaways, and it's really, really cool. Um, I am going to be sending out, if you send us the keyword of uh, eating people is cool, uh, I will send you the Tokyo Ghoul re-illustrations book. It is awesome. It is a hardback book of amazing illustrations that the the artist has worked through. Um, it's a it's a really beautiful book, and it gives some uh, like backstory in the different illustrations as well. So it's a it's a pretty solid piece of thing um, piece of thing, as well as being God. a a hardback you book. Okay? So it's really cool. Look, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm a hundred percent right now because you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'm... anybody would say that. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I know what you're going to talk about, and I, I swear to God, I I'm so sick of hearing people talk about it. But I I know well, it that only you're happened about to... this. 
week. So yeah. I guess last week as you're listening to this. Okay, so, so but that's fair. There's been a lot of news for it. Have you seen this yet? I have not seen it and I will not okay. watch it. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Well, so uh, I wanted to talk, no spoilers, about the Snyder cut. <laughs> if you have not been paying attention, that is Zack Snyder's cut of the movie Justice League, which is now a movie from 2017 and also simultaneously a movie from 2021. Uh, I don't have all the details in front of me, so a you know, forgive me if I get some of the details a little wrong, but basically Zack Snyder is a director who uh, pretty much became, if you follow the Marvel Cinematic Universe, one of the things I think that helps the MCU be as successful as it is, is that there is a guy named Kevin Feige who is in charge of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and he makes sure that everything plays together. Now, that wasn't always 100% true early on. I don't think Kevin Feige was there, although I do think he came in pretty early. Uh, there was also another guy who was not as cool, who was in charge of Marvel's TV division, which is why things like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Netflix series sort of tie into what's going on in the movies, but don't really cross over versus our current new reality where the TV series like WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier are direct MCU uh, components. Um, also, the other guy is responsible for the Inhumans TV show, if you just need a barometer for the difference between the two of them. So Kevin Feige is now in charge of all of it. And there's something about the fact that he is there. He seems to understand that there is a formula for success, which is let the directors do what they want, but also have a grand vision that those directors are playing into. And so you get things like Thor Ragnarok, which is a very much a Taika Waititi uh, film. You have things like Black Panther, even as back as like The Winter Soldier. These are movies that have really distinct identities of their own, but are still sort of playing in the same universe in a way that's recognizable and cohesive. DC sort of did that, and they did it with Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder uh, has also done uh, the film adaptation of Watchmen and uh, before that 300. Uh, he's a big comic book person, um, but his approach is different. And I will say I am not a Zack Snyder fan. Something that my husband and I have been saying to each other a lot is Zack Snyder is a pretty strong cinematographer and he is a poor director. Uh, a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this. Uh, a lot of people like Zack Snyder. He, the thing about Zack Snyder is that he has a very intense, recognizable style. He's super grimdark. He's all about desaturated colors. He's all about like middle school fan fiction, darkness in the storytelling. He loves slow-mo more than anything in the universe. And uh, he, he just has a really significant style. He also has a great eye for visuals, but I think his storytelling chops leave a lot to be desired. But it resonates with a lot of people. So when Justice League was announced and was coming out, uh, people were excited because these are big characters that people like and they wanted to see more of them. Up until that point, with the exception of Wonder Woman, which I believe came out before Justice League, uh, 
all of the movies in the DCEU had been Zack Snyder movies. Um, Justice League was also supposed to be a Zack Snyder movie, but then there was a lot of tension in the studio between Zack Snyder and what he wanted to do and what the studio wanted him to do or thought, I don't know, audience would respond to or something like that. And uh, then Zack Snyder had a personal tragedy when someone in his family died. And because of that, he felt that fighting the studio for his vision was not something he had the energy for. And so he stepped away from Justice League when it was, I don't know, about halfway shot, maybe more. And uh, Joss Whedon came in, previously beloved Joss Whedon, who had had really good success with Avengers and somewhat less success with Avengers Age of Ultron, but uh, more or less an established track record of doing well with superhero team-up movies. So he comes in to take Zack Snyder's Justice League and uh, finish it. News around the time was that the cut of, Z- of Justice League that existed at the time of Zack Snyder's departure, was nonsensical and unwatchable, and that there were a lot of reshoots and rewrites that went into Justice League. However, for a variety of reasons, probably largely centering on financial reasons, Joss Whedon did not have the opportunity to start the movie over from scratch, so you sort of have a foundation skeleton of the movie that Zack Snyder was trying to make, then covered in the sort of like outer layer of Joss Whedon movie. And it was very poorly received. People mostly did not like it. It got very bad reviews um, and it did pretty poorly at the box office. Um, Ever since then, pretty much there has been a loud contingent of fans clamoring. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to keep doing my Zack Snyder talk and then because I got a little ways to go and then hopefully by then you'll be back. So Joss Whedon comes in to to basically apply a Joss Whedon coat of paint on the sort of beginnings of a house that Zack Snyder built. But Zack Snyder didn't finish the house, so some of the house is Joss Whedon, some of the house is Zack Snyder, and they are super different. Zack Snyder, very grimdark, very, very serious. His whole philosophy seems to be that he wants to take it extremely seriously, be really shocking, embrace dark themes and violence. Uh, And he also has a really strong personal belief that superheroes are modern myths to the extent that they uh, he often portrays them as religious figures in his movies. Like uh, pretty much every time you see Superman in a Zack Snyder movie, you're going to get a shot of Superman posing in front of the sun with his arms out in a cross-like shape because of the Jesus metaphor. Uh, Joss Whedon is very quippy. He's quick. He's funny. He, uh, they're just, they're completely different filmmakers. So this, uh, this film did not do great. And then uh, all of these fans wanted a new, or not a new cut, but the original cut. They, they were like, we don't like what happened here. And for whatever reason, we have all decided that Zack Snyder's original vision for this project is it was destined to be great. 
And because of external factors, we weren't able to get it. So they started making hashtags and putting pressure on the studio to do this. Then it actually happened. And this is kind of wild because as far as I know, this has really never happened. Obviously, director's cuts or uncut versions or whatever of various movies have come out from time to time. And there are certainly things like, I know Blade Runner's director's cut has some pretty significant differences to the theatrical cut. There's absolutely instances of this kind of thing happening in a micro version, but never to my knowledge has a major film been essentially remade by the director who started but did not finish it. Um, This is unheard of and unprecedented. But Zack Snyder was given this opportunity, apparently because of the pressure being put on by, you know, people on the internet who wanted to see this. For my part, as I've discussed on this show before, I was a little baffled by all this because I don't think Zack Snyder is a very good storyteller. I think he's a very good cinematographer and I think his stories are a mess. Uh... I know a lot of people have taken umbrage with the way that he sees these characters, particularly Superman and Batman, and they don't think that he really gets it. If they are comic book fans, they just think he he's seeing aspects of these characters that aren't really prevalent in their comic book adaptations and uh, or I guess the their comic book character origins. And so he is kind of coming in with something that's not really pleasing the fans uh, that are diehard comic book fans. And um, I, I don't know, the whole thing just, it just surprised me that people were so excited for this cut of the movie because a lot of people had not liked what he had done with the earlier movies. Um, and a lot of people were enthusiastic about Joss Whedon coming in. That didn't work out for most of them. Uh, but, you know, the Zack Snyder... Zack Snyder then becoming the answer was something that I didn't see coming and that I I think doesn't make a lot of sense with the reaction that people had to Batman versus Superman or to Man of Steel before that. So lots of backstory there. Now the Snyder Cut has come out. It's been making tons of news as the lead up to this has been coming out. Uh, It is a four hour movie, which is also pretty much unheard of. Uh, Movies are, are not really ever past three hours with almost no exceptions. And when they pass three hours, they are considered to be exceedingly long. And very few movies that pass three hours are considered by most film critics to have been worth it. Pretty much uh, almost every movie that goes over three hours, the universal reaction is that was something that could have had time cut out of it so that it wasn't three plus hours. um, And it probably would have been better for it. So having this be a four-hour movie, in fact, like four hours and six minutes or so, is super unheard of in addition to the kind of unprecedented territory that we were already playing in with this whole scenario. So I watched it, and uh, I don't think it's very good. Uh, I do think that it is probably better than the Joss Whedon version, uh, although I haven't seen that in a little while. So grain of salt there. The things that I enjoyed about... So I'm a huge Marvel fan, and I know a lot about those characters. I'm not as big of a DC fan. I've read a couple of trade paperbacks for different DC characters, uh, mostly the big-name DC characters, and uh, mostly in the New 52, which I know is a bit of a 
sore subject for some DC fans. A lot of people didn't think that was a very good reinvention of the genre or don't think it's a very good representation of those characters. So that's that's sort of my frame of reference. And for me, the original Justice League I thought was pretty enjoyable, if a bit confusing at times. Um, it's totally a mess, but it's more or less fun. And if you're just there for like a super smashy superhero thing, you can enjoy that. The Snyder Cut is not fun at all, uh, except for The Flash, who feels like he is retained from Joss Whedon's movie. Um, and uh, I think it's better than the Whedon Cut from the perspective that it makes more sense from a story perspective. But my big reaction to the Snyder Cut is that there's a difference between story and storytelling, which is to say there's a difference between what the story is and how you tell the story. And so I would say the story of the Snyder Cut is better, uh, but the storytelling is far worse. Uh, A lot of that comes from my personal reactions to Zack Snyder, particularly to his uh, obsession with slow motion. Uh, I think that this is easily not a four-hour movie if he just stops putting every goddamn moment in slow motion and just 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 have just just do pacing, just pace the movie. Uh, but instead, he slows everything to slow motion. In fact, multiple times, I probably couldn't even count on a single hand how many times a scene in slow motion went into slower motion. It just it just happens so much. And Zack Snyder's whole filmmaking. I don't know, approach is more is more. He has no self-restraint and he is completely drunk on his own self-importance and it is exceedingly evident in every moment of his films and the Snyder Cut of Justice League is probably the pinnacle of that to date. So it's totally watchable. Uh, It is way too fucking long. Uh, Also, the movie is over more than 20 minutes before the runtime is over and then the remaining time is all post-credit scenes that happened before the credits uh, one of which you've seen before it was in the original justice league two of which are new and one of which is super long and completely unnecessary and should not have been there at all uh it, it's a it, a deeply flawed movie from a deeply flawed filmmaker that is just his movie it seems like the studio executives reaction to the fan reaction being frustrated that Snyder wasn't allowed to do his vision in the first place meant that they let him do whatever he want this time and there has to be a happy medium that they did not reach where Snyder is being reined in on his worst impulses Uh, This movie is all of his worst impulses and the story is better so it's a totally fine watch Wonder Woman is always cool. I love her. Her scenes are great. But uh, yeah, I think it's worth watching if you're interested. I think plenty of people like it. Plenty of people are going to really like it, including some that did not like the original Justice League. Uh, And a lot of people who don't care as much about filmmaking stuff are just going to look at the four-hour time limit and think, wow, there's so much more for me to love. But uh, a lot of people are not going to like it, whether or not consciously they are not going to like it because of the very many ways that Zack Snyder can't help himself. And uh, it's a super frustrating watch, although definitely an interesting one. 
Yeah, I think the thing that I heard the most about it so far in the people that have left reviews about this movie, one of the things that people... One of the pe- things that people like about the movie is the moodiness that he put back into it. Uh-huh. And then a lot of the things that they like are just the insane amount of Easter eggs that he just injected into the movie. But I would say, on the whole, it is not a epic masterpiece. No, and it's not. There, there are also some ways in which it is vastly improved. So, like, apparently Darkseid, which is, like, a character that DC made that then inspired Marvel to make Thanos and Apocalypse. Uh, so there, those three boys are pretty similar in a lot of major ways. Uh, Darkseid's in it. Um, he is largely in it as a to-be-continued type of villain, um that that really adds to the stakes but like i don't know steppenwolf is the main villain in both versions and in the original version he was bad because he was bad and in this version it makes sense why he's doing what he's doing uh i don't know cyborg is in both versions and i mean most of the main characters i guess all the main characters carry over from one version to the other so i don't know why i'm saying it like that but uh you know dark side was added completely while apparently being intended to be in the original cut. Cyborg, very cool character, was in Justice League 2017, but was pretty much just there. And in this, he has huge portions of story and backstory, and he feels like a big, important, well-rounded character. Um, I also think that uh, one of the great flaws of the original cut was that it felt like Superman was a deus ex machina and that it was really kind of a Superman movie because he solved all the problems and none of the other characters seemed able to solve them without him. And in this one, it feels like the characters are all pulling their own weight, including Superman. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, there There are a lot of improvements, but again, all of the improvements are mired down by just like i don't know like the very beginning of ray fisher who plays cyborg his whole section where we're getting into his backstory starts off with a football game because his character is a football player but the him playing football it's not relevant to his character you don't need to know that you just need to know that his dad didn't come to the games and he has a chip on his shoulder about it and it is like a five minute slow-mo football sequence it's not relevant it just takes forever and i was like this number one this doesn't need to be in slow-mo uh and it also is just uh, like i kept looking away from the screen because i was like this isn't interesting it's not plot relevant and it's in slow-mo so slowed down that if i look away and like read a couple of article headlines and look back up i won't have missed anything yeah so there are definitely parts like that and again the story is vastly improved characters like cyborg in particular that were underserved are definitely not being underserved in this but it it, the irony the great irony of it is is that the perfect justice league cut is a third version it is the snyder cut with all of snyder's bullshit cut out of it yeah that's crazy but anyways, we're here, to talk, we're here to talk about manga and to, anime. I just, <laughs> had to, I just had to. It just bothers me. It just bothered me so much, and it's so interesting and weird and frustrating and interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway. Yeah, okay. So, first and foremost, uh, I would say let's start with our page flips. Um, because yeah. our page flip this week is going to be a weird one. This one <laughs> is Naruto, but Naruto, like you're not used to seeing it. It's called Chibi Sasuke's Sharingan Legend. And it yeah. is ridiculous. It is uh, cutified... Uh, Sasuke and team from later Shippuden that we have not gotten to. So yeah, spoilers be aware if you go there's to like this. Yeah, you there's have not watched ahead of our coverage of Naruto Shippuden. It will spoil things for later in the story. So maybe mm-hmm. wait. Yeah. So it's. I think that it's funny in the sense that it's trying to be funny, but most of the time it just didn't get me. Basically, for the same reason, while we're talking about the DC Universe, there was uh, the original show Teen Titans, which came on, that I really loved. And I I loved watching Teen Titans when it was coming out on uh, Cartoon Network when I was younger and watching the Justice League and different things like that on Cartoon Network. Then I saw some of the new episodes of the Teen Titans Go! And that is the chibi version of Teen Titans. Mm. And I do not like it. It is something where all of the all of the story still exists. However, everything is turned into cartoon jokey logic. Yeah. And it does not make sense with the show itself, nor the source material. I get where some people would like this. People that are like, I love this content and I will take it in any form. This is a fan fiction joke version of the universe. And I get that. Some people are going to like that. I do not think I am the intended audience for this, nor am I somebody who would seek it out normally. And also at the end of the day, I did not have a great time with it, mostly because as we'll discuss from the next show that we're covering, the humor inside of it was like in jokes in the Naruto universe. So like people that are, you know, super fans of Naruto would just be like, I love this because Naruto, it's not funny just because of like the, the pure comedic timing of the jokes that are happening or the ridiculousness. Yeah. It's also, they use the term gag manga, and that's not, that's a term I've heard before, but not one I've really investigated. Because as listeners of our show will know, uh, unless you're new around here, Spencer and I generally, we gravitate toward the shonen bullshit. We don't gravitate toward the comedy bullshit. And we tend to be turned off by the comedy bullshit that exists in the shonen bullshit we like. So gag manga is an inherently unattractive title or phrase or whatever to attach to a series for me. Uh, this anime is a comedy is something that is going to make me less likely to watch it. Uh, this manga is explicitly called out as a gag anime, as a gag manga. And I don't know how much I, I'm not confident that I've read another gag manga, although I have read some comedies this year, uh, and specifically things like Mori King stood out in my mind which is something I enjoyed a lot early on and I'm enjoying somewhat less now that I'm a few chapters further into it. Um, I think, you know, the comedy is sort of dying on the vine for me on that one a little bit. Uh, And with this gag manga, what's weird about it is that each page or two has a title and it 
a little story vignette. And if you took out the titles, it would still flow. Like there's there are things that happen late in later vignettes that are directly related to stuff that happened earlier and that feel like hey, these characters came back for the, you know, end of that arc in this chapter, but it's presented as little vignettes. And the vignette titles sort of relate to either the joke setup or the punchline. And it's just like these little, these little jokes. Like, I don't know, Sasuke is being challenged by one of his teammates. And he's like, if you continue to challenge me, I'm going to have to put you in your place. And in original Naruto, you know, you're like, man, Sasuke is not to be messed with. He's too strong. And this would be a really foreboding thing that would either show how much the character respects him or is aware of his reputation or would lead into a badass fight. And in this, it leads into a goofy pillow fight. And that's kind of what you're getting is just vague subversions of your expectations if you know how the Naruto story usually goes and relatively slight, relatively inoffensive jokes. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's anything particularly funny here. I also, I didn't even make it through two chapters. I started reading the second one and I just, I stopped about halfway through because I couldn't stand it anymore. It's just too forced for my tastes. Um, But I think that the chibi drawings are really cute. And so there are some people that super respond to that kind of thing. There are also a lot of people that like sort of anime comedy uh, Spencer and I have stated multiple times we tend not to respond to that, the style of comedy that is most prominent in anime. And this is a lot of that. Um, and again, I think that pretty much these jokes are uh, really, really just slight, soft, you know, little chuckle jokes that are mm-hmm. just sort of strung together in more or less rapid fire succession. So if you're like us and the act of watching someone torturously try to set up a joke is generally not interesting to you uh you're not going to enjoy this if you are not like us and you enjoy little comedy things and cute chibi characters you might like this but uh you will need a working knowledge of how naruto usually goes to get full enjoyment out of it and if you don't have that working knowledge you might not enjoy it because i think there's they're not all in jokes but they are a lot of them predicated on what your assumptions would be in the regular Naruto story versus what ends up happening in this. So I don't know. I don't, I don't want to shit on anything unless it super deserves it. But like, this is very much not my speed. I don't think it's very good, but I do think that there are some people that are going to like it, but it's, it's definitely a pass for me. Yeah. Okay. That takes us into a gym which is our screen time, which is Nichiju or Nichijo. I don't I know how to pronounce Nichijou. it. Nichijou, um, I believe. Holy crap, was this show funny. Oh, my God. The the amount of times that I, like, broke out laughing with this show, especially, okay, so it picks up, it's like a weird slice of life mixed with a surreal super world. Um, um, it's... It's about uh, a bunch of, I think it was just girls, really, except for the weird, 
the weird guy characters that don't seem to be important other than just being like set pieces that are also weird especially the guy with the with the the mohawk oh my god <laughs> um but anyways uh I I digress from that. The first joke that was so good is she's just like, I don't know how I'm supposed to work as hard as I need to. And she's like, just do it. And she's like, all right, I'm just going to do it then. And they're just like, just doing it. And then the show starts. (laughs) Uh, Did you not feel the same way? I hated this. (laughs) Oh, well, screw you. (laughs) I thought it was so boring. I thought it was exceedingly unfunny. Uh, I just, I had no fun with this at all. And I watched three episodes and by the end of it, I felt like I had run a marathon. I was exhausted. I was ready to quit after one, but I felt compelled to keep watching because maybe it would turn around and it did not. And I did not enjoy it at all. How how did you not laugh at the, the trying to eat the thing with chopsticks and trying to catch it over and over again? Are you just oh. exceedingly jaded because of watch having to watch the Snyder cut this week? <laughs> oh, that happened way later. Uh, that was days after I watched Nietzsche show. Um, no, I, uh, I did enjoy that. So I will say there were some bits that worked for me and like them trying to eat the squid uh, with the chopsticks and this whole like Rube Goldberg Looney Tunes esque sort of sequence of them trying to get it was pretty fun. Um, But the, the episodes are broken up into like four mini stories. uh, And that's the only one I remember enjoying (laughs) Um, there were definitely one-off jokes or comments that got me here and there, but for the most part, I didn't enjoy the show and I did not find it particularly funny or interesting. Uh, to me, it reminded me of the anime Asobi Asobase that we covered uh, a little over a month ago, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was hilarious. That is also about three girls having shenanigans at school. I thought that was really funny, really surprising, really interesting. And I felt like Nichijo was sort of a uh, pretender in that same genre. It had kind of all of the setup and none of the payoff for me. So, yeah, you're right. And maybe I'm a little too harsh uh, because it's been a it's been a minute since I, it's been over a week since I watched these episodes. And uh, I like I said, I did not enjoy them for the most part. And I was really happy when the credits rolled on the third episode and I could justify no longer watching it. And so it's definitely soured in my mind because I don't really, <laughs> I don't really remember. I, I don't have strong memories of anything that I enjoyed except that one gag from the second episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for me, I think this is a bad version of what Asobi Asobase is doing. And if you want to watch something like this, I think you should watch that. And I'm really glad to hear that you did not feel the same as me. Because yeah. this was recommended to us by one of our Discord people, and uh, I think uh, I think people that have been listening to us for a long time, and, and this the person on Discord is Wolf Slore. They have been listening to a lot of our episodes. They're well aware that uh, comedy series are a high bar to clear for us. So I don't think I don't think they're going to take it too hard to find out that I did not enjoy this. But mm. I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. <laughs> so that oh we yeah, can and I really did. 
I think that the reason I enjoyed it so much, though, is because it has such a cartoon logic to it, as well as tying in things that you do not expect to be something that still will exist inside of the world. The fact that there is a giant, basically massive megaton bomb explosion that happens at the very beginning of one of the episodes and then it's just taken as read that there's just a couple of jokes that are coming from the things that are falling out of the sky is hilarious to me there's also that joke when she's like she's like you're taking my fish but what if you're taking your fish to your fish family and then she's like oh no maybe I shouldn't stop this cat and then she trips and just explodes the the comedic timing between these two gags is so funny to me and I I think that that's why I liked it so much I I think okay. I liked it because I I took all of my expectations out of it completely and just let it be a cartoon and I put it with American cartoon logic and when you put it in that sense I think it's going to be a more enjoyable watch for you because it's definitely a popcorn anime it is something that you can watch and look down and look away and then look back up and catch the jokes and that's probably what you should be doing with it it would be probably something that would be on like a cartoon network or something with courage the cowardly dog playing afterwards the anime version of courage the cowardly dog playing afterwards inside of japan if that existed i do not want to see the anime version of courage Uh, yeah, it I would think, be way darker, is what it would be. <laughs> I think drawing drawing the comparison that I'm that I've been drawing between this and Asobiasa Base. Uh, what's funny is that so you're talking about it, and I'm like, yeah, you're you're the things that you enjoyed about it are helping me contextualize the things that I didn't like. That the explosion bit didn't work for me because it was just too much. And that's one of the things that I don't like about anime comedy a lot is that it's really big. And the joke is how big they're going rather than what they're doing, um, which is a joke that can totally work occasionally, uh, but just is is beaten to death by anime. To me, this just felt like the same kind of jokes you see in every anime. But while I'm kind of contextualizing it that way, I'm like, well, in my memory, watching Asobi Asobase, like... Every negative thing I can think of about Nichijou is something that is also true about Asobi Asobase, but worked for me. And I don't, I, I don't have enough familiarity with either series to be able to sort of dissect that into anything useful. So I, uh, I'm like, I don't know, maybe this caught me on a bad day. Maybe it really is just something I don't like. I, I don't know, but I'm, I didn't enjoy it, but I, I think that it is, it's definitely one of those things much more so than the Chibi Sasuke thing, which I think is uh, probably going to miss for a lot of people. I think for Nijijou, if you're in the market for like slice of life comedy, this is going to be right the fuck up your alley. I am yeah. not in that market and I generally do not enjoy being in that market and yeah. I didn't enjoy it this time either. But it's cool to hear that you, Spencer, who are also generally not in that market in the exact same ways as me, had like the opposite reaction to everything. Yeah, I I think I might have been in the correct mindset for it because, and this is a true thing in my life, 
I have been watching way more Winnie the Pooh than I have ever watched in my entire life because I have a young oh. daughter and she is super into Winnie the Pooh right now. And there is a Winnie the Pooh movie. There's a lot of them, but one of them <laughs> is legitimately hilarious. Some of the jokes that happen inside of it. There is a who's on first joke that is Ooh. done with the word not and not so N-O-T and K-N-O-T in a okay. couple of different ways. And it is legitimately great writing. Um, if you have a small child and they like Winnie the Pooh, this this version is like the newest Winnie the Pooh movie that came out, I think. It's just, it's about uh, the Baxon, which is uh, one of the characters reads Baxoon and reads it as Baxon and thinks it's a monster and then makes up this fake monster that's inside of the movie. It's... It's it's pretty great. Uh, I might be losing. I, I'm getting like uh, a little bit of Stockholm syndrome. I'm sure, but <laughs> I, I think this one is top tier. Winnie the Pooh. If you're gonna put like like a tier echelon list of like S tier, this would definitely be in the S tier. But anyways, because I'm probably in this weird mindset, I think I'm more forgiving of cartoons at this time. And mm. I I know we say a lot of times that anime is just cartoons for Japan. A lot of times people get annoyed by that because they're like, it's an art form. And I'm like, yeah, cartoons in America are also an art form. But it is definitely like a, a not a Saturday morning cartoon, because usually that's like the action anime. Like, ship, uh, you know, Ship It In would be a Saturday morning cartoon. I think this instead is the kids get off of school and they come home and they watch stuff on TV like the old Fox Kids, if you remember that in America. Like you watch Life with Louie and stuff like that and then maybe you switched over and you watch Doug and Rugrats. This is where this show lies for me, except for in a like very Japanese setting. And I think that if you're coming for it from that perspective you're going to be able to have more joy in experiencing the show. Yeah, it's also probably, uh, if if it's your cup of tea, it's probably pretty good pandemic watching because it's pretty slight uh, and as a consequence, really chill. So Yeah, yeah. But anyways, all that being said, stick with us after these credits and we'll give you another important life lesson. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday. And hey, thanks for listening. Hello, my name is Jeremy Snow, owner and editor-in-chief of The Geekly Grind. We interrupt your awesome, regularly scheduled programming to ensure you're aware of The Geekly Grind podcast network, of which this show is a treasured member of. 
If you haven't had a chance to check out our site, you can do so at thegeeklygrind.com, and while you're there, take a look at the other members of our steadily growing podcast family, including the anime-centric Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, discovering new heroes on comic book keepers with Chris and Lance, exploring the vast universe of geekdom with Geek Exploration, or appreciating animation's finer details with JD's Ink and Paint Club. Escape your weekly grind at the Geekly Grind. We'll see you next week, and until then... The thing is, if you're already using slow motion, and it's oh like the God. 20th oh time you've used slow motion, and we're not even done with the first of four we're done. hours, we're don't done. slow it down we're more! We're done. We're done. We're done.